check one one check check hey hey check my check one two welcome to mandemic mondays the only podcast hosted by best friends who have nothing in common except their name i'm mandy kaplan and i'm mandy fabian and every week we pick something delightful on netflix to review usually it's the latest release and then we also discuss what we're doing to get through these crazy times we used to call the man mandemic It's all going to change, folks. Big changes coming up. What a great week. Really? (laughs) What made it so great? Uh, Well, I mean, largely because I was out of town. But also, I was going to say, because we got to watch Hacks this week. We did watch Hacks. Yeah. Um, I know you hated it. I mean, I I could see that you hated it with every bone in your body. And I here's what I'm going to say is I I didn't I once again, I feel like I'm such a broken record. I feel like once again, I don't totally love it. But I love Jean Smart so much that I would take a bath with her. Jean Smart, if you're Ooh. if you're listening and you want to run a tub, honey, I'll be right over. I adore her face. I, I, she's a little bit like Melissa McCarthy in those crappy comedies. Like, I'll watch her do anything. I love her. I agree about Jean Smart. Yeah. Love, love, love Jean yeah. Smart. Oh, so we should we tell we should tell everybody what we're what we're talking about, right? What hacks is yeah. hacks is um, it's a series. We we had a listener ask us to review the first couple episodes of of the series on HBO Max, Hacks. And it's about um, an older, like, Joan Rivers-style comedian who is sort of uh, falling out of her the limelight a little bit. And then she hires this young writer from L.A. who has been blacklisted because she wrote a, a an offensive tweet. And because also we find out that she's a, just a total asshole throughout the series. Um not a total asshole, but you know, she was an asshole. Um, and then they, she hires this young kid as a writer and then they form this unlikely friendship between two funny ladies. Um, and that's what it's about. And no one is able to pitch this show to me in a way that makes it sound interesting, (laughs) but I had to watch it for the podcast and I'll be damned if it is just not interesting. It's interesting. It's interesting. Uh, no, I, I just said it's not. I know. Interesting. Well, that's our that's our brand. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you hate it. You we we don't ever agree on anything. But like I I was really intrigued by the pitch when somebody told me what it was about. I was like, oh, I'm gonna love this. I'm gonna love. I really thought I was gonna love it. And I have watched six episodes. Wow. Yeah, I kept going. Huh. I kept going. Hmm. Yeah, I couldn't get into it, and I. Where did you start to hate it? Well, I hate the the premise of it doesn't really work for me. It's so forced. It's like they both have the same manager and the manager basically tricks them into meeting each other and they immediately hate each other. But we know they're going to work together. So it's all the same conversation over and over between these two women about like, why the hell should I hire you? And the young one being like, why the hell shouldn't you? You're past your prime, lady. You need me. And they have that same argument for the whole two episodes that I watched. They just have that same argument. Am I wrong? You are 50% wrong because in rom-coms, you always know they're going to end up getting married or getting together. And that yet during their whole time during the movie, they're like, uh, you drive me crazy. I could never be with someone like you. I would, I would rather lose a leg than have sex with you. Like, you know, they're always saying, 
terrible rom-coms are you watching? Uh, that is a quote from the rom-com that I'm writing. So, oh. you know, it's a first It's a first draft. I hear it's Hugh called, Grant saying it. So you're on to something. It's called Limpy and Lou. Okay. And she does end up losing a leg. It's actually pretty emotional. And wow. I'm surprised that you said you like tear jerkers. I'm surprised you're being so critical, but okay. Um. <laughs> uh, I love a rom-com, as you know. I yeah. can't wait to see Limpy and Lou in the theaters. But <laughs> I, um, this feels different. In a rom-com, for me, there are different scenarios in which there, there's like different impetus for the argument for why they can't be together. There are other reasons. This was the same argument over and over yeah. and over. And I yeah. didn't care. I don't like either woman, which is okay. It, you know, it doesn't drive me to want to see them succeed together. And I'm assuming they do succeed together, but I don't care. I don't know. I'm 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 six episodes in and I don't think it's really it's not like that. I think it, you're meant to sort of enjoy the jokes that they and enjoy their personalities. I think it's less of a story driven and more of a personality driven. Like from here on out, when when we say the word jokes, can we put that in quotes? <laughs> because I didn't laugh okay. once. Look, I didn't laugh. I thought the Kevin Hart movie was going to be funny. So I don't know where, I don't know how we keep watching comedies and they're never funny. Um, I Yeah, no, I think some of the jokes, I enjoy some of them, but it's it's really interesting because whenever I see a movie where someone's supposed to do stand-up, it's never, or a TV show, it's never right. successful right. for me. It's, it's like stand-ups are so good at what they do mm-hmm. that you you can't have a person sort of pretending to do made-up stand-up and have it work. Sally Fields in Punchline. I did not think that her jokes were particularly funny. Mm. What's the other, I didn't, I just, I just, oh, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I don't particularly think her stand-up is funny. No. I think she's funny. Yeah. I think the show's funny, but I don't, so it's always kind of tricky whenever you have that that as a premise. And then weirdly enough, then I felt like their dialogue was written meant to be like stand up one punch, two jokes, but it doesn't read as authentic. You're teeing it up for me. So in the pilot episode, Pete, minute 23 and 31 seconds, they, they come together and exchange barbs. Excuse me. Did you have something else to say? Yeah. You've just been pretty rude and I dropped everything to come here. Oh, Christ. Oh, you wanted a gold star just for showing up? Kinda, yeah, because you're right. I'm not a fan of yours. You caught me. This is all just a little fucking annoying because I flew all the way here on Spirit fucking Airlines even though I didn't want this job in the first place. I mean, the last thing on earth I wanna do is move to the desert to write some lame jokes for an old hack. I think you better leave. Yeah. Can I show you to the door? Would you like to go back up the chimney? Oh, no, I know my way out. By the way, so cool they let you move into a cheesecake factory. Oh, is that where you wait tables? That seems like a better fit. Oh, yeah, I agree, you classist monster. I'd rather slang bang bang chicken and shrimp all day than work here. I mean, fuck, what is this, 50 tassels on one couch? Even Liberace would think it's a bit much. Oh, no, you're incorrect. He actually loved it. He did poppers on that couch in 85. Cool. I'm glad Liberace's butthole was nice and loose in your house. Maybe you should have joined him since yours is obviously tight as fuck. Oh, hey, before I leave, did you want to inspect my bag? Maybe I should just piss in a cup. Uh, You know what? I'm going to go ahead. I'm just going to leave a stool sample on your lawn. (laughs) I didn't laugh. I didn't even smile. 
And then yeah. Ava says, oh, I'll just go leave a stool sample on your lawn. And Gene Smart's like, <laughs> you are funny. That's brilliant. I am going to hire you. Look, you love a poop joke. I May I reference poop. you? May I reference you to the Kevin Hart masterpiece Fatherhood where you double quoted scenes with poop jokes in them. So I'm surprised the stool sample thing didn't win you over. Like, that's your jam. No, that's kind of gross to say a poop joke yeah, is your jam. Yeah. But you get what I mean. <laughs> I do love a poop joke. I love clever, unexpected writing. And all of this was very expected. And that scene between the two of them where we're, that's supposed to be like these two really sharp, funny ladies cutting each other down. It should feel like a roast. Like, I love those Comedy Central roasts for the most part. And this was just boring. The Their their repartee is not, does not have life behind it, does not have teeth. And then the joke they refer to through the whole pilot. I told a joke on Twitter that got me canceled. I went over the edge. I know I made a mistake. The joke on Twitter, the joke, the joke, the joke. They finally tell it. Wah, wah. Uh, right? There's no, it's not, it's not funny. It's not all that shocking. It's about a gay, a closeted senator trying to send his son to conversion right. camp. But it doesn't That's make us. Right. Is that, it was, it was like, yeah. No. Huh. There yeah. it is. That's the joke. That's true. And they built up to it for the whole episode. Well, you know, I would imagine that maybe that joke was more offensive in the original draft. And then somebody got their hands on it. And they're like, well, you can't. Like, that's a tricky thing for a writer to be in. Well, you can't actually be so offensive that, like, you can't make an offensive joke these days. I know. <laughs> you know, so how are you going to do the joke that was so offensive that it got her uh, canceled? Like, that would have to be so, you know, she would have to be, like, masturbating in front of a young intern while she was tweeting the joke. See, now Which that's actually funny. Been... <laughs> <laughs> they need you oh, on yeah. season two if it gets one. Oh, what? Is the creator of Hacks listening? Let's be clear, Mandy, it's the other Mandy that didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, no. other Mandy is so helpful to people. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I no, I think I, I suffered a little bit from the... Well, I remember you told me Superbad was like the funniest movie that was ever written in the history of funny movies. And I went to see it and I was like, I don't... The whole theater was laughing and I was not. Ugh. Patrick, who did not want to go see the movie, was giggling like a schoolgirl because they were drawing dicks all over a spiral notebook. And he thought yes. that was the funniest thing That's he'd ever seen. That's the funniest part. <laughs> nope. Not, I did not... I was. I literally was looking around. I looked at him. I was like, I don't get it. What? I don't I don't know why that's funny. Why is that funny? They're just drawing dicks. Who cares? Like, oh, God, I, the first 20 minutes of that movie, I find hysterically funny. I know, which is why I'm surprised that you don't like hacks. <laughs> I don't equate the two. Now, the creators whose names I'm yes. going to mess up, Jen Statsky, Lucia Aniello and Paul W. Downs, they are from Broad City. So I had higher oh. hopes. Paul W. Downs plays the only character that makes me laugh, Jimmy, the, the manager, the agent. He, him and his receptionist, who really shines in episode oh, two. Okay. Yeah. She, no, his receptionist is the funniest person in that whole show. <laughs> let's get her name because uh, she is laugh out loud yeah, funny. Definitely. What's her name? Kayla. Megan Stalter. Megan Stalter. Oh, God. She is hysterically funny and not really yeah. a person who has worked a ton. Good for her. Hopefully yeah. this will, you know, break her wide open that that came out 
aggressive and <laughs> gross, but yeah, that was it was that was kind of sensual. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. didn't mean for it to be, but she's my favorite <laughs> part, and and I like the the manager. He's funny, and their rapport is funny. Okay, that's and interesting because of course I did not like him. Oh my god. No, I think he was really soft. Like I, I did. He didn't strike me as funny at all. I was like, these are jokes, and you are not delivering them. In my in the first episode, I didn't. But she was amazing. I think it's all just kind of. It's kind of a soft. It's a. It's weird because it's a little. It's just all a little soft. Yeah. I didn't think it was. You know. There's some jokes where I'm like, you put two syllables after your punchline. You need to just deliver it hard. That mm-hmm. needs to be a joke delivery. The, I have no issue with the delivery. I have an issue with the writing and it's not edgy material. And you brought it up earlier. How edgy can we really be in these po- politically correct times? Right. You know, yeah. it, I, it's unbelievable. I'm watching some Mel Brooks with uh, Casey no. and we watched Spaceballs and it's like half of the humor. <laughs> You're like, oh, no, not today. You couldn't say that. You couldn't say that. Can't do that. You know, I long for the good old days when you could make jokes about gender and race and sexuality and and find humor. I hope we return to some happy medium at some point. I thought the rule was that as long as you're making fun of everybody. I mean, I still think that should be the rule. You know, if you're a show like like Archie Bunker, right? Right. Archie Bunker made fun of, I mean, he was... He, I don't think they could do that now, though. Wow. Do you think Norman Lear could exist now? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, he still does. He's like 99 or something. I know, and still wearing his jaunty hats. And still showing up on set and still making TV shows. He's kind of a legend. Um, You know, I, I would like to think that there's still room for satire. You know, like I... I, I would like to think that there's room for, uh, you know, us making fun of extreme views. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's very tricky. The whole the whole thing is very tricky. There's no such thing as a anything you could say in comedy has already been said. Yeah, but it's been well, said for real. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, the real world is actually terrifying. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is. But uh, yeah. but laughter is I, I so believe in the power of laughter and we can, you know, I'll just keep using Mel, Mel Brooks because he's fresh on my brain. You can take away Hitler's power by having him ice skate and make him ridiculous. Right. Right. And then you, you if you laugh at it, it's healing for the world. So, yeah, uh, you know, I, don't you like give Hitler a hand job in your movie? Oh, in in the short film, yeah. And then we were too oh. scared. We were like, "Well, we can't include Hitler in the in the uh, feature." You didn't include Hitler in the feature? No. <gasps> oh, I don't remember that. I thought you did. I thought it was so funny. Time for a rewatch <laughs> of Thirty Nights on Amazon Prime. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this whole thing was leading up to. Exactly. Here, here's what I will say. I think that Gene Smart's character is really interesting. I think her backstory with her husband's interesting. I think the way that she is trying to manipulate the club guy. I think her Las Vegas crazy money QVC life is is interesting. I mean, I, I have not seen that. I would agree. It just doesn't make a series to me. What I wrote overall was like great performances, but a weak concept. It's indicative of this this lo- this log line that you tried to sell in the beginning, which I've heard so many people say, oh, you haven't seen Hacks? It's about this um, 
this older comedian and she's mentoring a younger comedian, but they they don't get along. And every time I'm like, that's blah. So, you know, that concept yeah. doesn't work for me. Yeah, but you would think it would be a like a whole a fruit bowl of comedy. You would think that it would just keep be a gift that keeps on giving. So I don't know. I don't if it were funny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's also trying to be emotional. And I think the sassy Jean Smart character is funny. She doesn't work for me. And I would equate it to a show I deeply love that I'm sure you're about to say, I hate that show, but I love Grace and Frankie. And (laughs) the the humor is so organic and it's laugh out loud. Making fun of aging and making fun of sexuality at that age, it really does capture that energy but then it can also make you cry and you also believe these characters so i think tonally this is trying to be that and coming up very short for me well i also think like i like schitt's creek is hilariously Mm -hmm. funny right Mm -hmm. and they were you know i put this in quotations you can't see it but i'm putting air quotes around they're terrible people Mm mm-hmm but they are doing everything they're doing out of like love. The mm-hmm. choices that they're making are weirdly out of love, like his love for fashion and her love for, you know, like they 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 all do things because they are passionate and they really love something. And this, the hacks is a little bit like, what do you love? Because the girl's pissed because she got canceled and the lady's pissed because she's getting canceled. And they're they're sort of angry like they right. they're lonely and angry and they're terrible people and have been told they're terrible people so how do you how do you spin that into like a lighthearted fun half hour that you want to spend with these two wacky characters that i mean but you know then again like some people hated fleabag did you like fleabag love fleabag yeah i love, love fleabag Creek, too. love fleabag love yeah. uh, everything else we're talking about just not hacks mm-hmm. no i agree with you it's um it's hard to put your finger on it, but it's not the masterpiece that everybody said it was. They And what's funny is it's about terrible people, terrible, lonely female comedians. And I had like, no joke. <laughs> the minute it came out, my, fo- my phone started blowing up like, you got to watch Hacks. Oh, Mandy, you would love Hacks. And now I want to know why. <laughs> right, right. My phone lit up. This is a bit of a tangent, but Schmigadoon is coming out on uh, Apple TV. And the day yeah, that trailer dropped, my phone exploded. Everyone was like, you have to watch it because I'm in love with Keegan-Michael Key and musicals. Yeah. And I mean, so I'm very excited and giving a sneak peek that we will be reviewing Schmigadoon. Yes, we will. I I would not have said, Mandy, you have to watch Hacks. I know you better than that. First of all, Drew Barrymore <laughs> well, is not in it. Am I right? (laughs) Oh, you mean Drew Barrymore, the actress you loved in the movie The Stand-In? The actress you spoke so highly of that you said she gave a pretty good performance and that her voices didn't bother you? Oh, yeah. No, I listened. I I listened. You actually did say that. Yeah. You, in fact, I feel like on record, we have actually recorded you giving way more compliments to Drew Barrymore than I ever have in my life. So I'm just saying we may need to reverse the narrative. Maybe you're the Mandy that loves Drew Barrymore. I Mm -hmm. thought that Mm -hmm. my time with Megan was like Vegas. (laughs) What happens with Megan stays in Megan. I shouldn't say that. That's terrible. Sorry, Meg. Oh, a lot of people have stayed in Megan. It's okay. Wow. Hey, oh. So see, these are better (laughs) jokes than than on hacks. But I want to (laughs) I want to go back to the only time I laughed. And I want Pete to play the scene. Episode two, Pete. Minute three, 56 seconds. This is uh, the secretary, Kayla's 
one of her shining moments. <laughs> How long do I have to do this? Well, it's been three days, so longer than that. I, I don't even know what I'm doing here. You got to write material for Deborah's show. You know, punch-ups for appearances and things like QVC and, you know, any personal joke yeah, writing. Yeah, I know the literal job description. I signed a 470-page NDA. <laughs> She's very... Okay, Kayla, yeah. you're supposed to be on mute. Oh, I am. I, I just pushed the thing, bud. Okay, bud, we can hear you, so you're definitely not. Oh, don't worry, I'm not listening. I'm laughing at a meme. It's like a, there's a menu with a big okay. eyeball. You're supposed to be listening. We've <laughs> talked about this. You listen and you take notes, right? Yeah. So, okay, where's my notebook? Hey, I need to leave early. I have an adult ballet recital. Like, just, I can't miss this one because I missed last week. It just wouldn't make sense. The whole thing will be off. Should I leave you two alone? Kayla, can you jump off, please? No problemo. Thank you. Testing, Kayla, testing, testing, okay. You need to fire her. I would if I could, but... Her father owns half the company, so she's essentially my assistant and my boss. How does everyone have rich parents except for me? Now, she, I don't, does her part get bigger after this? Because that's hysterical. No. She's hysterical. She's so odd, but yeah. but realistic, not so oh, God, out there, great. you know? Yeah. She is just naturally effusive and funny. Just, just naturally gifted, yes, and really unusual in her choices. She, she has a whole thing going on that's not, it's not like she's not trying to be funny. She just is. She just is funny. <laughs> she's so inside that character and so committed to it that it's just like falling out of her mouth and yeah. you're dying laughing. Yeah, it, it no, reminds me of like before we knew who Jillian Bell was when Jillian Bell was like, oh, that mm. woman, she's so funny. She's from this other thing. And we, you know, we didn't quite know her name, but she stole yep. every moment of everything she was in. So Megan Stalter, then, if I'm saying your name right, I, I, big things are coming for you. I agree. Don't you feel like we constantly lose these comedians to drama? Yeah. I mean, guys, like, let it happen naturally, but, like, give me a break. Jim Carrey. Jim, yeah. Like, did, well, Jim Carrey was actually really good, though. He <laughs> he was really good. I thought he was pretty exceptional as a dramatic actor, but I feel like the rest of them are just like, give me a movie where I can cry. I'm like, why? You're one of the few people who can actually make somebody laugh. Like, just, just pick really, really excellent comedic material and just stick with it. You know, well, you know who's crushing that? I think Amy Schumer, because her movies incorporate drama, but she's still getting to be laugh out loud funny. Or do you not like Amy Schumer? I'm seeing a face. Oh, God. Oh, I love her so much. Don't say it. Don't say it. I would never endanger our friendship by saying that I don't like Amy Schumer. I would never say that. Love her. Because I do like her. I actually do. I don't think she's a great dramatic actress. I don't. And I don't think that she like I'm thinking of like fatherhood. Mm hmm. Like Kevin Hart being like all dramatic. I don't want it. Mm-hmm. I don't want it. <laughs> but that movie had laughs. It might not have made you laugh, but it, in a similar vein to Parenthood or Boys in the Hood, it was a, yeah. <laughs> a, a, a drama, a dramedy, right? I mean, there, there are these movies that are supposed to pull at your heartstrings, but still make you laugh at at life's ups and downs. And I thought Fatherhood was that. I never, it was never marketed as a comedy. You're accusing it of that and and shame on you. It's not. I just want, you know, the heart wants what it wants. The Kevin Hart <laughs> wants what it wants. Oh my God, still, what is wrong with me? You, I know, you promised it was going to be the last time and then you didn't keep your promise. See what I did? It, it's, uh, but I think this is kind of doing the same thing. I think this is like trying to be serious because it's all about themes of like this woman being lonely and it and it's very 
I don't know. It's kind of, it's like on the nose. But Mm -hmm. by the way, I don't know. I'm an asshole. Like, I feel like I'm so, I'm so critical of everything. And I think maybe it's because I'm a frustrated artist. Like, you know what I mean? Could I really do something better? Don't I write stuff that's completely on the nose and obvious? Like, and, and by the way, did they get a note that's like, but we really need to know exactly why, you know, we need to see her being frustrated that she's a woman in this industry and therefore treated badly. Right. Or, you're you're approaching it from a writer standpoint, which is interesting because you many times in this episode and in the past have said, I'm sure the writer got it, had a better version and it got watered down by executives and producers and you. But the but I'm approaching it from the audience point of view, which is like, who cares where that came from? What I'm getting is a watered down version of something that could have been edgy and interesting. And so I don't I'm not laying blame and defending the writer like right. Maybe the writers were very edgy and maybe that original pilot is laugh out loud hilarious. But what I saw. Yeah. Meh. And what would make it edgy and interesting? Like, because I'll tell you, I've gone further than you have. I mean, sexually and then also in the <laughs> in the series. And um, it I feel like it 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 they try to make it edgier. Like there's some uh, somebody dies and Ooh. not not one of the main oh. people, a, a, a guest character. Oh. But um, but they do a lot of drugs. Oh, there's, but even not the late, but it, even that doesn't feel that edgy. I'll, I'll be honest. Like, you, it's, but it's interesting that you're like, they do this edgy thing, but not really. They do this edgy thing, but not really. It's all watered down. Well, she meets a guy and they do drugs all night, which I guess is edgy to me, but it doesn't feel that dangerous. That happened so in I'm the pilot sure. at the casino. She was vaping and drinking and with the lady at the slot machines. Yeah, maybe she'll end up being an alcoholic. Maybe they're laying the groundwork for that. Yeah. I'm not sure. But it, it's it again. It's like oh oh god, and there's this yeah. I, I so I've watched ahead, but there are scenes where you know somebody is like telling her again that she's an awful person and that she wasn't a good friend even when she was back in L.A. Mm-hmm. And it's like so, it's just so pointed. There's yeah. no point where it's like, like when that scene in the Kevin Hart movie when she's like, ah, fathers don't belong here. And you're like, there's no nuance to that. Right, right. You don't right. feel a little bad about saying yeah. that. This is a little bit like that. It's like the mean girls are just mean girls and she's just a victim. And I feel like I've talked you into hating it. And for that, I am very proud. It didn't take that much of a push. I just, I love Jean Smart and I love watching rich people live. I love succession. I Even though at oh. first I was like, this is disgusting. And then I was like, I love it so much. I want to watch every moment of it. Like that stupid, stupid wealth is something that fascinates me so much. Not that I ever want to be like that. I don't, I don't envy it. I don't think super rich people are happy necessarily, but like, oh, I I love watching her stupid dogs and her Diet Coke fountain and all, and her silk rugs and all the things that she that she has in her life and the little antiques and things that she collects. I mean, I've gone further in the series. I've gotten to know her a little better. Right. Yeah. So uh, how many man jobs would you give the series? Oh, God. I'd give it three. Yeah. I'd give it three. I'd give it two. Yeah. Yeah, you really don't like it. I don't. <clears throat> so I want to know. Yeah. And please, if anybody, uh, you know, wants to reach out, please tell me why why people love it so much. You know, anybody who's listening who's like, I love hacks and here's why. Yeah. Because there's also this thing where it's like it's an older woman and a younger woman. 
It's a, you know, it's it's everything that you should want. It's a right, two female leads and funny and all that, but it doesn't land. It's not super funny. I love I don't, Jean I don't Smart, but I wish Whoopi Goldberg were playing the role. That would be really interesting to me. Somebody oh, who's would... actually a comedian, at, you know, oh. at, that would be more interesting. Yeah, you're right. Uh, if people but HBO wa- doesn't pay enough. <laughs> if people want to reach out and tell us why we're yes. wrong, they can reach me on Instagram at Mandy underscore Kaplan underscore Clavens or on Facebook that way. And you? And same same for me. Just reach out through Mandy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm uh, at Mandy Fab on Instagram and uh, Mandy Fabian on Facebook as well. And remember how we disagreed about The Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes? Oh, yeah, that was a strong disagreement. I am now listening to a book right next to it on the Audible page called The Year of Rest and Relaxation, a novel by Otessa Moshe. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. Oh, that sounds like my kind of year. Narrated by my favorite narrator, Julia Whalen. I fell in love listening to Gone Girl. And now I'm in love. She's one of the best narrators. I've listened to dozens of books that she's narrated all on Audible. Oh my God. I love that you have like, like rock star narrators. That's oh my interesting. God. She's the cream of the crop. <laughs> and I mean, I listen to a ton of stuff on Audible as do you. There's podcasts and comedy and you listen to all your hippy dippy self-improvement stuff that I don't listen to. Yes, it has made my life better. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and therefore, and- it's made my life better. If you go to www.audibletrial.com slash pandemic, you get one book for free. Yeah. You try it out to see if you like it. Yep. These books exist on all your platforms. They save your place. Download it. Listen to it on an airplane. It's a great way to ignore your responsibilities, your family. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. We love Audible. Love it so much. It's it's a game changer. Go get it. Go get that free trial at audibletrial.com slash pandemic. You get to keep that book, even if you don't keep your relationship with Audible, which you will. And go get your year of rest and relaxation. Mm-hmm. You could never do it. You couldn't. No, it's not what you think. I'm loving it so far. I'll keep you updated. Huh. All right. To be continued. What's the new beast we're wrestling to the ground? <laughs> well, I had a very happy week with my new crush. And I can't remember if we have talked about him before, but I oh. am madly in love with... Thank God. If I've we've talked about him on find... the podcast, I need Prevagen. I swear. This episode brought to you by Prevagen. Have we talked about Justin Willman and Magic for Humans? Well, hang on. I'm Googling Prevagen. I don't even know what that is. No, we have not talked about Justin... Willman. Willman. Nope. Okay. Just let this roll off your tongue. Okay. Mrs. Justin Willman. Mandy Willman. Just try... For me, not for you. I think this is a great time to tell you I've always wanted you to find happiness. So... Right? this, This could be it. I'm excited for you. He is a dream. He is a magician. And what? An, a humanitarian. And I love him to pieces. He has a show on Netflix called Magic for Humans, which is mind-blowing. He is so charming. He is so cute. Are you looking at a picture of him right now? I'm not. Should Look I Look at be? a picture of him and tell me you can't see us together forever and ever. I, I, and I'll be honest, I've, my whole family's in love with him. We ordered, we got a cameo for 
Casey's fifth grade culmination from Justin Willman, and it was the most personal, <sighs> heartfelt, incredible thing. Casey's mind was blown. He did a magic trick just for Casey. And then this weekend, he had um, a fundraiser. His mom died of Alzheimer's right before the pandemic. And he did a fundraiser this weekend with uh, a Zoom with Jason Mraz, Sarah Bareilles, Jim Gaffigan, Weird Al. Jesus. And they all appeared and then he blew them all away with his magic and they all talked about their experiences with Alzheimer's. It was so magical on every level. He is such a dream. If you get him on Cameo, it all goes to an Alzheimer's fund. It's, he, he doesn't make a dime from Cameo. He doesn't need it. He's so adorable. Are you looking at him and imagining us together? I am looking at him. <laughs> well, I I can imagine you as a magician's assistant. I feel like you missed your calling. Oh God, I would love that. The only my only hesitation about him, and it's it's small. I could work past it. He does a lot of things in his mouth, like he'll put <laughs> a marshmallow in his mouth and then pull out a sneaker. And it, you know, like he does a lot of mouth magic, and that's gross. Yeah. And that, my whole family's like, ah. But he <laughs> is mind blowing. Oh. Magic for humans, Netflix or. I don't know if he's on YouTube. He's just, he's incredible. I love him. Oh. That's what I've been doing this week. Oh my God, I love it. I I, I love that you're doing it, you know, with Justin right in front of Jeremy too. That's kind of magic. I'm telling you, the whole family has a crush on him. <laughs> That's adorable. Mm. I love that. Well, you know, my husband's out of town. Hello. So the, the mice out. will play. <laughs> I'm going to go get some magic for humans maybe later myself. So uh, I have been reading. It's kind of boring. Nerd. But I, because I went, I know, I went back to the Chameleon podcast, mm -hmm. you know, and it's losing me. Oh, God, it's not good. Didn't even warn me. I was humoring you last week. Oh, well, I've, okay. Because I'm not farther ahead than you. We're listening to it in real time as it's dropping. So, uh, well, I was playing a little bit of catch up. I was uh, further behind, but it's it's not good, right? No. That's so disappointing. Yeah, it's very disjointed I, and I know. no stakes. I know, and I'm like, I'm finding like in during hacks. I was watching hacks. I was like nodding off, but you know what is keeping my attention? Do you have you ever read The Paris Wife? This is a book that you can hate in the future. I hated that. What is it? <laughs> of course you did. Is it about Ernest Hemingway? No. Yes. Oh, yeah. I hated that. Yes. No. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. You really hated it? Yeah. Oh, my God. I love it so much. <laughs> I love it so much. I am devouring it. I love the way it's written. I love the characters. Of course, you know. You know I'm a Francophile. Like, you know if I could move to Paris now, I would. Okay. Right now. You don't know that about me? No. Oh, yeah. Um, the author's name is Paula McLean. And I'm not done with it yet, but I am loving it. Uh, and just because, you know, I mean, come on, he's a struggling writer and he writes and he's he's really committed to his art. It's everything that I wish I would have done with my life. You know what I mean? Or I think I thought I was doing it. I think I, w I thought I was like an Ernest Hemingway type, except I was taking wigs and costumes to downtown theaters in New York City and doing sketch shows, but very similar to Ernest very Hemingway. Close. Wrestling a sentence to the ground. Same um, amount of whiskey, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, that's another thing, by the way, that I had. I didn't even realize the connection, but um, I had my very first old-fashioned this week. Oh. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And you loved it. I did. Yeah. It makes I'm me, now an old fashioned. The 
the thought of it makes me want to barf. So that's how I knew really? you loved it. Oh God, brown <laughs> liquor. I don't know. No brown liquor. Oh no, it's so romantic. It's so sexy. I like making yeah. them for Jer, but I I don't drink any brown stuff. Oh, I love it. If I could have just if I could have drunk it while I was on a saddle, that would have made it better. But uh, <laughs> but and like maybe with like a fedora and a pipe. Yeah, I'm I'm painting a picture now. Yep, it's not just a drink. Uh, but okay, so you already well anyone who has ever agreed with me on the podcast should read the Paris Wife because it's great. I it's not about war either. Like, give me a fucking break. I'm so tired of all the war, war novels. I know. I know. Yeah. Update. You sent me the cutest video of your girls and yeah. I wanted you to share with the people what how I made your life a better place that didn't work no you you've always made my life a better a better place it didn't know even the second still, time it yeah, still doesn't no. sound right Mm-mm. um but no yeah my girls listened to well I'll, I'll be honest when you sent you sent a link to six so I would remember it because you know I I walk out of here and I forget that this has ever happened yeah so you you sent me um, a song from six and I was like this is wildly inappropriate and I hate the music hated 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 the pop bit of it but I was like Mandy said that you guys would like this musical so we listened from the top and once I got through the top, I was like, oh, this is just what this musical is. Mm-hmm. It's this pop mm-hmm. sound. Right. The voices are great. Ooh. And once I got into the story of it, then I was just all on board. So yeah. now we, we listen to it. Now they, they have it in their their lip syncing and their little microphones. It's yes. really cute. And we oh, have no, that same day, microphone. So we need to get the kids together and monetize that shit. We have that same oh. gold karaoke microphone. Oh. Yeah. Oh my God. Amazing. Did yeah. your kids do Camp Invention? Did Did Casey do camp, camp Invention? Is that how we got it? No. Oh, okay. Different thing. Okay. <laughs> um, shout out to Camp Invention. <laughs> that is actually a cool thing. They, just for parents, let me just real quick. It's called Camp Invention. And they send these little things that you invent, these little things that you build every day for a week. They send it right to your house, a big box of stuff and the kids love it. Oh, so, cool. There you go. Yeah. No, my kid yeah. isn't spoiled. He doesn't get inventions delivered every day. I don't know. I I feel like I I feel like there was an entire nerf battle with costumes what? in your backyard. What? Yeah, I don't I know. feel like you do okay in the spoilage department. Oh, so. do I ever? <laughs> Did you hear after last week's episode? We we've added our credits, and here's yep. what we're gonna do. This is exciting. We're gonna play our credits, and then after the credits, we're gonna tell the people what we're watching for next week. Okay, let's do it. So they have to stay tuned. Mandemic Mondays is a production of the next real film podcasts at True Story FM. Engineering by Pete Wright. Yay! Music by Ian Post. Woohoo! Find the show at truestory.fm slash mandemic. And if your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, please consider doing that for us too. And don't forget to subscribe. All right. And coming up next week, we're going to be reviewing No Sudden Move. It's, Woohoo! Yeah, it's like a crime drama. It's got John Hamm in it. I love John Hamm. Yeah. And it's about a, a group of people who steal car technology and then have to figure out, like, who hired them to do it. It's in the 1950s. It's a period piece. Directed by Steven Soderbergh. 
even though he claimed he retired. Interesting. I didn't know. He's the Brett Favre of movies. <laughs> well, he still, I think he still does good stuff. I wonder if he shot this one on an iPhone. I know he does that stuff. We'll see. We're going to actually physically see with our eyes. And we'll tell you all about it. And I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Till then. I love ya. Love you. Bye. 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 